This week is the yard site of Rav Yechezkel Landau, better known as the Noda Yehuda. Rav Yechezkel was born in Chai Cheshvan, 1713, in a city called Apt in Poland. His family was very well known. His father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather were all very well respected in the community. This family traces ancestry to Rav Yudha Anasi. Rav Yudha Anasi himself was traced back to Rashi. So the Rabbi Landau, the Noda Yudha, was actually a descendant of Rashi. He married at the age of 18. When he found a group of students, friends, they learned together the entire week. He wrote that even as a very young man, he used to leave his house on Shabbos, spend the entire week completely immersed in learning with his friends, and he writes very complimentarily about his wife that she was always my Azer. She lived and suffered a type of loneliness because she realized that her husband was learning and becoming a major Tamid Chacham. At a very young age, Rav Kalanda was appointed as a Rav in a city called Yampul, but he lived there until 1755, when he moved to Prague and became known as the Rav of Prague, and he remained there his entire life. Of course, in Prague, besides being the Rav of the city, he was also involved in a yeshiva. He also wrote many, many svarim, which we will soon discuss. As a Rosh Hashiva, he said four shiurim a day to four different groups of students, which is really a lot of work for a person who was also the Rav of the city and also was involved in his own writing, in his own Svarim. The fame of the note of Rav Cheskel Landau today is basically most known for the Sefer Noda Yehuda, which are Sheilot Chuvot, which were asked to him and he responded both at the time when he was in Yampul and in the time when he was in Prague. We will get back to certain of the chuvas of the Noda Bihuda in a few minutes. But besides the Noda Bihuda, the Rabbi Landau wrote other Sfayim, the Sefer Tzlach, Tziyun Lenefesh Chaya, is, are his Chidushim on certain Mesechtas of Shas. The Sefer seems to have been dedicated to his mother, whose name was Chaya. And Tzion Nefesh Chaya is a, a, a note to commemorate the, the Nefesh of Chaya. Those Chidushim, although in my experience they're not as well used as uh, later Achronim or other Achronim, but nevertheless they are sometimes, especially on Brachos and Psachim, some very, very important comments of the 
Noda Yehuda, but it's known as the Noda Yehuda's comments rather than the Tzlach's comments. He's more famous for the Tzlach. He also wrote Sifrei Drush. He also wrote Svarim of speeches that he made in his community. The Sefer called Yaros Devash is also a very important Sefer, but I don't think it is that well used today. In those Svarim of Drush, you also see the issues that confronted Reb Yechezkel Landau at that time. The Muslim that he felt that he had to give to the community at that time. For example, he wrote about the fact that people wear shatnes, and he tried to dissuade them, of course, from that Easter. Or he wrote about proper kavana in tefillah, and this seems to be one of the major issues that he felt. It's just ironic to see how these issues of two, three hundred years ago still occur today. Another part of the literary output of Chazka Landau are comments that he made on the Shulchan Aruch. In the big Shulchan Aruch, the standard printed Shulchan Aruch, the comments of Rav Chazka Landau are printed and are called Dagul Merevava. Now, again, these are short comments, and I found that even in yeshivas, where they learn the Shulchan Aruch, many times the people know there's a Dagul Merevava, but they don't even know who wrote it. So, when you want to identify the Sefer, you say, it's the Dogel Mervava written by, by the Noda Yehuda. So, his most famous Sefer, and the one that is most used today, is the Noda Yehuda. In the world of Psak, the Noda Yehuda is an extremely important Sefer even today. And it's interesting to note, for example, in the Igros Moshe, or in uh, other classic 20th century svarim, how often the Noda Bihuda is used as a source and discussed. Some of the major issues that confronted him at that time are also interesting in a biographical and historical setting. He was one of the people that was asked to adjudicate in the issue of the tremendous machlokas between Rabbi Yonas and Apshitz and Rabbi Yaakov Emden. When Rabbi Yonas Nebshitz was accused of being a follower of Shabtai Tzvi, so the camps were split in different directions, and it was a tremendous argument. They, one of the Gdolim that was recognized by all people, by all sides, and therefore they felt he was a proper person to intervene and try to see really, to determine the truth, was Rabbi Yonas, was, was Kalandal the Noda Bihuda. And he, in fact, wrote a pamphlet it seems, about this issue. He called it Igeret HaShalom. He wanted to try to make peace. And because of that, he did not want to put Rabbi Yonas and Ebshitz in Cherem. But nevertheless, he said the Kemeyas, those amulets that he had issued, he said not to use them anymore. So this approach where his purpose actually was to try to still the argument, the, the, the debate, and try to somehow maneuver and make peace between the camps was almost doomed to failure because some people claimed that he was on one side, some people claimed that he was on another side. It requires a little bit of real study to really determine what his position was on this issue. 
There are a number of books written about Rabbi Cheska Landau. The older books that I'm aware of were a uh, monograph written by uh, Shlomo Wind of uh, New York, on, which was written about 1961, where he wrote a book about Rabbi Cheska Landau. It was printed by Mossad Rav Cook. Interestingly enough, more or less at the same time, another book was written, also published by Mossad Rav Cook, called Hanoda Behuda Mishnaso from Arya Gelman. In these books, they there are serious discussions about the attitude of Rabbi, Yonis, of Rabbi Cheska Landau toward Rabbi Yonis and Eibshitz. And there has been much more scholarship done in later years. Another issue that was faced head-on at that time was the issue of Hasidus, and the beginning of the Musr, or some of the Musr movement, which was also traced to Hasidus. The Yechezka Landau, the Noda Behuda, was quite opposed to certain practices of the Hasidic movement, which also became somewhat part of the Musr movement. And he, for example, was against the, uh, the, the uh, custom that was instituted of saying L'Shem Yichud. Before doing a mitzvah, people used to talk about esoteric kavanas, esoteric uh, reasons and ideas behind the mitzvahs, and, Reb, and the Noda Buda uh, tried to abolish that statement. In, in, there's a very famous statement where he wrote, Tzadikim Yelchubam v'chasidim yikashlubam, that the Hasidim stumble about certain things, and then apparently the text was changed, and there's a whole story about the exact phraseology that was written by the Noda Behuda. The custom of extreme asceticism to atone for Averos, to atone for certain sins, was also opposed by Rav Landau. There was a custom, many people used to have this custom of a body affliction as a method of atonement. They used to roll in the snow and do all kinds of of what they called in Hebrew sigufim, some sort of afflictions to themselves. And Rav Chezkalanda, the Nodabida, was quite opposed to that as well. His status in the community of Prague, of course, was so well uh, established. His reputation was not hurt by the positions that he took about uh, these issues. And it's known that even the Baal Shem Tov and others considered Rabbi Yechezka Landau one of the Gedole Hador and treated him with utmost respect. He also enjoyed political connections where in the city of Prague and again in these biographies they discussed his connection with the emperors, with the leaders of the, of the non-Jewish community and how he exerted influence in certain issues that affected the Jewish community. The Another issue that was discussed by Rafi Cheskalanda, the Noda Behuda, was the Haskala movement, and specifically he dealt with the translation of Mendelssohn to Chumash. Here also, the beginning of the uh, translation was approved by many people, and they made positive comments, and they used to quote Mendelssohn. The, the, uh, 
Rev. Bichezkalanda um, was asked also about this. Again, it seems to ha- he seems to have had somewhat ambivalent approach. He recommended another translation, not necessarily Rev. Mendelssohn's translation, but nevertheless, he seems to have approved the translation. Again, more serious work would have to be done to determine his exact position. I'd like mention, to mention, of course, his main work, the Noda Behuda, and point out that some of the decisions, some of the Psokim of in Noda Behuda have been so important until this very day that they are the major, uh, one of the major sources that have to be discussed in order to reach a decision about these issues. One of them, of course, is the issue of autopsies. At the time of Noda Behuda, it was the beginning of the time when autopsies were really used as a uh, regular device or wanted to be used in order to determine the cause of death and therefore to try to see how in the future we could save uh, the lives of the people who died in such a manner. The classic uh, approach of Rabbi, of Rabbi, of Rabbi Cheskalando, of the Node Behuda, was known as, he said, the, the heter can only be if the sakana is lefaneinu. He said, if there is an immediate cause where you think that you can save someone's life, then autopsies are permitted. However, in generally, in most cases, these people were studying medicine in order to discuss issues that might arise in the future. It could even be in the distant future. So the the statement of Rabbi, of, of Rabbi Cheskalanda was known to be a chumrah in that particular case, a more severe teaching, where for the for our practical purposes, he said you can't do autopsies. Because the case of having someone on the next table who was suffering from the same disease, and which would allow me to do the autopsy, this situation would have been rather rare. The, uh, however, the heter of Rabbi Yonas is that when there is a sakana lefaneinu, when there is a case in front of us, so then you would be allowed to do autopsies has been discussed in modern times. Since we have today a world of instant communication all over the world, and even though in the particular locale in which you uh, the person is found, there might not be any immediate case where this autopsy would, would help, but around the world we could have cases. And today with our instant communication, perhaps the definition of the Sakana Lefaneinu would be applicable in many, many more cases. So therefore, this tshuva became a very important topic in discussing the issue of autopsies. The other examples of his famous psakim are almost too numerous to mention. This week is the Yartzeit of the Noda Behuda, whose tshuvas, Noda Behuda, will probably be used until the final decisions are rendered eventually one day.